Hey, good morning, playbookers on Ragumun of All, and it's Monday. The midterms aren't expected to be too kind to Democrats, so here's a question. Can anything change that trajectory? It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. A president's first midterm election is both an enormous story and completely anticlimactic. It's major news because there's almost always a dramatic shift away from the president's party. It's anticlimactic because it's one of the most predictable events in American politics. So, can anything change that projected trajectory for Democrats? Some theories have come and gone. President Joe Biden's leadership rallying Europe against Russia's aggression in Ukraine has had no effect on his approval. The news that the Supreme Court is on the cusp of overturning Roe v. Wade has not yet helped him either. Democrats are still clinging to a few potential developments that they hope could turn things around. One, an actual decision from the Supreme Court that makes the reality of state abortion bans more acutely felt. Two, passage of a new version of Build Back Better. Three, the upcoming January 6th committee hearings that highlight the issue of Trump and the GP's efforts to overturn the 2020 elections. And at least on the Senate side, four, the emergence of unelectable Republican nominees in key states. But history is not on Biden's side. In fact, voters may have already made up their minds. That is at least the argument from Doug Sosnick in his latest memo, being shared first with the Playbook audience. You can read the full thing over at politico.com playbook, but a quick summary. Doug looks at the Biden presidency so far and concludes that the midterms were essentially lost during the period from July to November last year. Nothing since then has changed Biden's standing. And Doug thinks that there's only one thing that possibly could, quote, reframing the terms of debate for the midterm elections around the pending decision by the Supreme Court on Roe. A look back at how it fell apart for Biden from January to June was the honeymoon. It seemed like a competent new president was taming the pandemic and bringing back a robust economy. Doug writes, quote, more than half the country approved of his performance as president. His levels of support during that period were much higher than Trump ever attained in his four years in office. In July came the Independence Day illusion. Sosnick sees July 4th as a key moment in the public's turn against Biden. Quote, the seeds of this downward trend were planted when the Biden administration hosted a July 4th event on the South Lawn of the White House, creating the false impression that the COVID-19 battle had been won. Although the president warned that the pandemic was not yet over, the message that broke through was the president's claim that America was closer than ever to declaring our independence from the deadly virus. In August, you might remember, was the Afghanistan debacle. In Sosnick's analysis, this had two major effects. Biden's reputation for competence was severely damaged, and his honeymoon with the press ended. September to November, inflation in Virginia, and the death of BBB. By the fall, things started to spiral out of control for Biden, when the real-world negative economic consequences of inflation started to be felt by voters at the same time that Biden was rejected by both voters in Virginia and members of his own party in the Senate. Quote, the cumulative impact of these events transformed the increasing optimism in the country last summer into a profound sense of pessimism by November. For the past six months, over 70% of the public thinks that the country is headed in the wrong direction. The sense of pessimism in the country has dragged Biden's job approval down to 39%. Sosnick's warning, the window for Biden to reverse this damage is about to close. Quote, in the last four midterm elections, by June, the public had made up its mind about the leadership in Washington and how they were going to vote in November. According to Gallup, Trump's 39% job approval in February 2018, Obama's 41% approval in June 2014, and 45% approval in June 2010, and Bush's 38% approval in March 2006. 
1996, all matched their job approval on election day. Each of those presidents, quote, suffered significant defeats and lost control of at least one branch of Congress. That is why the stakes are so high, as we enter this final period, critical for the Democrats to seize the pending court decision on Roe versus Wade as a way to alter the trajectory of the election. If they are not successful in reframing the terms of debate for the midterm elections around the pending decision by the Supreme Court on Roe, we will look back at Biden and the Democrats' failures last summer and early fall as the reasons for their electoral defeats this November. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. President Joe Biden is in Tokyo, where he's already met with Emperor Naruhito and had a bilateral meeting and press conference with Prime Minister Kishida Fumio, met with families of Japanese people abducted by Korea decades ago, and launched the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework for Prosperity. It's a new trade deal with 12 Indo-Pacific nations, worth noting it doesn't include Taiwan. Here's what's on the vice president's calendar. Vice President Kamala Harris will visit Children's National Hospital at 2.45 p.m. to talk about mental health and wellness policies. The House and the Senate are out today. Here's what's going on the rest of the week. In the House, we'll be watching whether the recent federal court decision blocking the lifting of Title 42 has any impact on the Dems' effort to pass a COVID relief bill. On Tuesday, there are primaries in Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, and runoffs in Texas. Also on Tuesday, Kellyanne Conway's Here's the Deal, a memoir, will be released in the Senate. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer will try to set up a vote on the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act for Thursday. And a week from today, on Memorial Day, Trump is scheduled to hold a rally in Casper, Wyoming for Harriet Hageman as she takes on Representative Liz Cheney. All right, for more news and what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Munavalan. Have a good week. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning.